0: Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Well, I want to bring a message today about unchickening yourselves. I like that. I like that. That's definitely Māori. Definitely Maori. Uh, I would, I'm going to open in prayer in just a minute, but I want to share a word from the Word this morning that has a prophetic angle on it regarding um, where I feel uh, God wants to challenge us this morning in our walk with Him. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't come to Jesus to be mamby Pambies. Amen. We've come to Jesus to be filled with courage, faith, strength, honor, uh, to do his name justice, and to declare his glory in the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? That's the catch cry of the prayer that Jesus taught his followers to pray. And uh, I think as we pray that prayer, courage seeps into our hearts about the call of God that's upon all of our lives as followers of Jesus. So, Lord, we just close our eyes just for a few moments, and we just ask that your Spirit would grace these words. I pray that they would come from the well that you've created through your death, burial, and resurrection. And out of that, Lord, uh, this morning, we just ask that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to each one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Jesus made a startling statement in regards to the ministry and the ability that he gave to every single follower that came under the jurisdiction of his name and who received him. You know, to as many as received him who believe in his name, John 1.14 says, to them he gave the right to become children of God. That's your identity today. If you know Jesus Christ and you've received him, you have become a child of God with all of heaven's uh, jurisdiction over your life With the full weight of heaven's authority behind you. And so you're not the same person that you used to be. Something has come into your life that has a dramatic and powerful effect, not only to change your life, but to change the lives of many people that God calls you to rub shoulders with. Can somebody say an amen to that today? And the source of that life is something that Jesus called rivers of living water. He said, When you receive me, And my spirit starts to work in you because you've got to understand when you receive Jesus, you receive the spirit of God and the spirit of God now dwells in your body. So wherever you go, the spirit goes with you. So you're never alone. Once you receive Jesus into your life, you've been born again. Most people think, oh yeah, that's a good catchphrase but it literally means that you've had a second birth in your life. You didn't go back into your mother's womb again, but you had a spiritual birth where your spirit came alive as Jesus entered you, and you now carry the spirit who gives you the ability to carry wherever you go rivers of living water. So you are now a fountain head for God. You're a sprinkler head. For Jesus, praise God! You're a, turn, turn your name and say you're a sprinkler head this morning. For Jesus, which simply means this: that the divine life of God is now able to flow through you to touch humanity. What an amazing thing! And what I want to get off. Get, get off right from the start, and this message is this, is that there's no senior Holy Spirit that Jesus carried, and we only get to carry the junior Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that we carry is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit that caused the miracles throughout Ju- Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria You carry the same Holy Spirit, no junior version, same version that Jesus carried, which means you have the same divine ability that Jesus had. And what God is wanting to teach us is how to release that out of us, through us, to touch our communities for Jesus Christ. Can I hear a big amen on that one this morning? And so this river of life that flows out of us in the Old Testament, Ezekiel saw this same river in Ezekiel 47. He saw the temple of God and underneath flowing out of the temple was this river. And there, here's something interesting I want you to see. Perhaps you haven't seen this, uh, and, and you might see this for the first time. He talks to the prophet and he says, I want you to walk a thousand steps or a thousand cubits out from the temple. And what we, we, what we've got to understand is, as we, this vision unfolds, we understand that the river of God was shallowest as it was nearest the temple. The further it got away from the temple, the deeper the river got. And the deeper the river it went, it went out and hit dry, arid places. And the Bible says wherever it went, it brought life, it brought healing, it brought power to save. And so here's what I want us to understand today, is that the river of God, we often have it upside down. We think the river is the strongest here this morning. We are the temple of God this morning. We think the river of God is strongest here. But in fact, the river of God is at its deepest and most effective when it's out in the community touching the lives of those who need to know God the most. That's where the river is at its most effective and most powerful out away from the temple in the community of God today. Because, you know, I, I, I'm sitting on this word at the moment. God gave me at the end of last year, he said, James, a gentle breeze of my spirit is going to begin to come across the face of the church in New Zealand. And, you know, I, I, I get mad when I hear the stories. I get mad when I hear the stories in the Oh, you should have been a Christian in the 70s in New Zealand. The charismatic move of God. You know, you just sneeze. A two and somebody would get saved. Uh, they were wonderful days. I don't want to know about your wonderful days. I want to see wonderful days here and now today. Today is the day of salvation. You've been born for such a time as this. Now is the time, the Scripture says. And we've got to contend for our day. We've got to contend for our decade of the supernatural in New Zealand today. Who believes that this morning? Praise God. So I want to share a a story from Mark 3 today that I believe is a prophetic message for us as the church and as a follower of Jesus. And uh, this is the story of the man with the withered arm. And so we see in uh, verse 1 of Mark 3, and Jesus entered the synagogue again. The synagogue was much like the local church of his day. So Jesus is heading off to church. And a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him. Who's they? The religious fraternity of the day. The Pharisees and the Sadducees who were attenders at the synagogue. They were the congregation members. Listen to this. They watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. So that they might rejoice and jump up and down at the healing? So that they might accuse him? What kind of church is this? You see, if we look at this, this story here, Jesus is not stepping into an environment of freedom and an environment of the Spirit. He's stepping into an environment of the law. He's stepping into an environment of judgmentalism of rules and regulations. That's the environment in which he now finds himself on the Sabbath in the synagogue. The people who are attending, their main reason for being in attendance is that they might find fault with others. Who wants to belong to that church? (sighs) But here's the issue. Somebody walked in the door that day that was carrying the river of God. And despite all the judgmentalism, the rules, the regulations, and everything that was going on, that river had to be released in the house of God that day. So let's carry on the story. Verse 3. And Jesus said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Other translations say, Arise, stand up. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, oh, Jesus got angry. Meek and mild, lowly Jesus got angry. Wow. Let's read on. Being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Hallelujah. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. What they're saying is how they might assassinate him, take him out, kill him because he had become a problem. Isn't that a sad situation that somebody who came to bring life, healing, and restoration has now earned the anger and the opposition of people who want to take him out because he's not playing by their rule book. Wow. You know, we the church are Jesus' representation here on the earth. This today, you today who are here who know Jesus, you are the modern-day equivalent of that local synagogue back in that day. And we are called to represent who Jesus is and what he is like today. We're called to imitate Christ, to love one another, to stand together to advance the kingdom of God. Every one of us has a purpose and a mission as a follower of Jesus. And the reason I raise this is I want you to see what's happening here. This man has a withered hand and a withered arm. I want you to to imagine your driest dried apricot or your piece of Fruit that's been left sitting under the bed, the vacuum cleaner didn't quite get it, and it's been sitting there for six to eight weeks. And that piece of fruit is withered, dried. That arm was it really represented more of a claw than anything else. And this man's situation was dire. And we discover it was dire. We discover that most likely he's covered in shame at his physical condition because he's handicapped, he's hiding in the crowd, which we all. Tend to do when we feel that we're handicapped in some way, spiritually or physically, in this uh, in the day, and uh, and I want you to understand this morning what the hand represents in Scripture. The hand represents our works that we're called to do, and what's interesting here is that um, uh, with with Ezekiel forty seven, these people have lost sight of the fact that they were supposed to allow a river of god which was prophesied to flow through their faith community and all they've got is is looks of judgmental judgmental behavior laws rules and regulations and rather be cheering for that man whose condition was dire they're finding a way in which they might accuse jesus because he did a miracle on the sabbath and you know, I found that uh, much of the church and many parts of the world today is like this man with a withered arm, that we've shrunk back, that we're no longer in a place of whole. We've shrunk back in an inward posture. And many of us are hiding, as uh, somebody said this morning, playing hide and seek with God. The only fact is that God knows where we live no matter where we try and hide. Amen. And so God is always on our case. And God wants to be able to release in and through us the same power that brought this man healing to to right the state that we find ourselves in, shrunk back, inward looking, hiding from the crowd, feeling shame around our lives and to break that off our lives and bring about a divine turnaround of a miracle of God within us. These people have been withered by religion. And what they had going in their synagogue today was something that God never intended it to look like. Amen? God wants the life of Jesus to flow through our congregations. And it's interesting, Luke 6.6 6 tells us the same account from the Gospel of Luke, from different eyes. And it says specifically that it was his right arm that was with it, his right hand. And in Scripture, the right hand speaks of two things. The right hand, first of all, speaks of the blessing of God. Enter into my right hand, all you blessed of my Father. Amen. Secondly, the right hand speaks of the the power and strength of the mighty arm of the Lord, God's saving right hand. Are you with me, church? So, really, this man is representative of a church that should be displaying the blessing and the power and the strength of God flowing through the church. But they had come to a withered up state and condition and no longer looked like the church that Jesus called us to be and created us to be today. And I believe it's time this year, as we face 2021, to recognize any sort of withered up condition within our lives spiritually, and to seek the healing of Jesus Christ within our lives, it's time to come out from our withered state. It's time to stop being too busy at looking at ourselves and looking inward and begin to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith this morning. And so I think Jesus is about to challenge where the church of this day is at. I wonder today, where is your life at with God? Is there an overflow of God's Spirit that's flowing through your life this morning? Is there something that resembles these rivers of living water that Jesus said would rise up within the heart of every follower of Christ that you can see happening within your life? Is there an overflow of God's Spirit working in and through your life and my life this morning? You know, it's not easy in New Zealand. I've preached all through Asia. I've been travelling up to Asia for the last twenty odd years, most year, every year, and uh, I I move into under an atmosphere in some of these nations that I've ministered in, and miracles are happening. They're flowing on tap. People's lives are just being dramatically turned around. Moves of God, people coming to Christ in their droves, and there's no doubt about it. Our nation is a very hard nation. We've become a hard-hearted people in our nation. So that means that we need to contend even the more so for the spiritual authority that has been granted to us, that is our inheritance through Christ, to realize that we can't blame our situation on the fact that we live in a nation of hard hearts. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means Jesus can break through even in the hardest of territories and homes and neighborhoods, he can break through to the hardest, hardest of your workmates because of the rivers of living water that exist in you and in your life today. So we have a choice today. Are we going to rise up and choose not to allow our lives to be withered and withdrawn? I want to ask you today, has something withered in your life spiritually over the years that God wants to address this morning in this place of the house of God? Jesus talked often about the sower and the seed. He said the seed is the word of God. It's pure. It's incor- we know that the Bible says God's word is incorruptible. There's nothing wrong with the seed. And he talked about the, the purpose of the sower was to sow that seed in good soil so that it would produce a good crop. But he found the opposite where the seed was left on the wayside and the fowls of the air came in unfruitful. The seed was then planted in shallow soil and it grew up quickly, but then it shrunk under the heat of the day and withered and died unfruitful. A third soil, Jesus says that the sower sowed the seed into good soil and it grew up, but all around it, plants, uh, weeds, choked the plant and it died. And he said the plants and the weeds that grew up around it are the care's of this world, the riches of this world that will choke the seed of God's word, another unfruitful situation. But praise God, there's hope for us because he said there was some soil that was good soil and it produced some 30, 60, and 100 fold today. That soil is your heart and my heart. I believe this morning that God is saying to us, I want you to draw in the seed of God's Word into your heart more deeper, with deeper devotion than you ever have before to focus in, to zero in your life, to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You don't have to go and pursue the cares of this world, the riches of this world, because Jesus said, if you put me first, then all those things will pursue you. They'll come knocking on your door, or you need to do is rightly align your priorities and you will find that things will come to you. You won't have to go to them this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. So it's time to draw the seed of God's word deeply into our heart through prayer and devotion and the harvest and the fruitfulness will be plentiful for destroying that state of our withered hearts before the Lord today. I've found over the years that many things can wither us. Maybe disappointments come knocking on your door. You had great expectations and circumstances came around about your life that destroyed those expectations that you had within your life and you're carrying a deep, like a lead weight in your spirit because you haven't yet reconciled the fact of what you were believing God for and what's actually turned out now. God wants to heal you from that because it will wither your life walking around carrying disappointments and unmet expectations. God wants to realign you to what he's doing in your life today. Maybe you're carrying around and you've been withered by setbacks where plans were in motion, things were happening, things were moving forward and suddenly setbacks came around about your life and things just didn't turn out the way that you had planned. We all face that within our lives. We've got to adapt on the fly to what's going around about us with our circumstances and our situations. Fear is one of those things that always cause us to shrink back into a withered state. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy, the young pastor, and he said, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, Timothy. God has given you a spirit of power, a spirit of power, spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. That's what he's given to you. So never bow to fear, Timothy, within your life because fear will cause you to be withered. It will cause you to shrink back and it will cause you to step back from the call that God has upon your life. Or perhaps you found yourself in a withered condition because of bitterness. How does bitterness arrive, arrive in our hearts? It doesn't just suddenly appear one day. It happens because we haven't reconciled with the person that we've fallen out with. And you know that unforgiveness, in my estimation, over 30-odd years of being a pastor, unforgiveness is one of the key crucial issues that stops the flow of God within people's hearts. Not my problem. They've, they've, got, they've got the problem, Pastor James. They've got the problem. Not my problem. But you're carrying around this root of bitterness within your life and it's separating you. It's causing your spiritual life to wither up and to die. Maybe it's financial pressures. And we all know about that in the current pandemic situation that has changed the landscape in New Zealand. And many are bouncing back because of our COVID-free state uh, beyond the quarantine areas today. And I know that many are looking onto Aotearoa at the moment as a land of opportunity and a land of freedom. We're going to sports events. We've got everything that we used to have within our lives, but still many have lost their jobs. I've got kids that have lost their jobs. And they've had to reorientate their lives and they've had to go out and they've had to they've had to, you know, adapt on the fly to what's going on. But I would say this to you today, and I don't say this as a name it claim it preacher, as a prosperity preacher. Because I know that the Apostle Paul knew how to abound. He knew he'd have in times of his life much, but he also knew how to be a base where he had very, very little and often spent time in fastings because he didn't have any food to eat. But I would challenge you if you're facing financial pressures, take what you have, not what you don't have. Take what little you may have today. And bring it with all your heart before God and make an offering before God of whatever you have. Say, God, this is all I've got, and I want to bring it to you today, and I want to offer this before heaven and before your throne today, and I'm asking you to bless this today. And then after you've done that, go and take an hour of your time out and go and give some of your time away to your community. Because the Bible says, given it shall be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give back into your bosom. And so I want to encourage you today to operate under the principles of God and see that withered arm of financial pressure taken off your life today. So, what has stolen the life of God away from you, perhaps this morning? The Holy Spirit can show us all here today if there's some withered condition that God wants to recover within our life. And God wants to hear a cry coming from your heart today, God, I want my life back again. I want my withered condition to be healed. I want to be set on track for what you've called me to do and to be in 2021. And so here's the remedy for us. Here was the remedy for the man with the withered arm. The first thing I want to say to you today, the number one thing that Jesus said, first of all, is stand up. Number one, stand up. Identify yourself before God. How hard would have it been for that man who was handicapped, who had lived with this condition, obviously, all of his life, been born with this condition of a withered arm and a withered hand? And Jesus calls him out in front of everybody, a handicapped man. Let's put this into perspective, how challenging that would have been for him today to actually stand up and identify himself. And the Lord would say to you today, arise, stand up, Identify yourself before my throne. If you sense there's anything of a withered condition within your life that you would like to see Jesus change for you in 2021. You know, the reality is, is, that, is that we all need to understand that nothing is really going to change if we stay in our comfort zones. There's very few miracles that happen in the comfort zone. The miracles really start happening when we get out of our comfort zone and we find that we're stretched and we find that there is stuff going around our life that, we're, that we just have no control of, but that we're prepared to say, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to get out of that comfort zone and where it may be a little uncomfortable and I'm going to believe God for something today. And I believe, you know, for, for, for me personally, when I've traveled through difficult times in my life and, uh, and I've felt my spiritual life starting to wither up, when God says, stand up, this is what it means to me. It means, James, stand up and stir up your prayer life. It means, James, stand up and stop hiding in the shadows and start praying and start connecting with me like you once did before and find a river starting to flow back into your heart and back into your spirit because you've suddenly realigned yourself with the river of God and the river starts flowing again. See, if you don't stand up, this is what happens. The pressures come around about you, and as those pressures come around about you, if you haven't stood up on the inside and begin to kick your prayer life back into action, you start to get squished. And you feel the squishiness of life zeroing down on you and starting to feel the life of God starting to leak out of you because you haven't put the pillar of prayer into your life that's holding back the enemy who wants to steal from you. And I've often found this, being AWOL, being AWOL in the house of God, absent without leave, when you start going missing, I can almost guarantee every time Something else is missing in your life, and it's prayer. And it's caused you to wither up spiritually and to shrink back. And Paul the Apostle said this, gather together even the more so as you see that day approaching. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We need each other in the house of God. At best, You may not be coming to a gathering like this, but you're meeting with some other believers somewhere where the coals and embers can be kept alight, where you can encourage one another for the life of God to come into you. The second thing that Jesus said is he said, stretch. He said, arise, stand up, and stretch. Stretch out your hand. What a thing to say to a person who can't stretch his hand out. Have you ever thought about that? You too, Diana. It's challenging. Yeah, you know, it's like me saying to Diana, "Stand up." Honestly, that's how challenging it was to that man that day. And so he says, "Stretch out your hand." And it's often, it's only, you know, we, we we'll never see the power of God in the comfort zone again. It's only as we stretch out our hand into that zone of feeling that discomfort, feeling that we've been identified, maybe even seen by others, that as we stand up and we stretch out ourselves, that the miracle begins to flow around about us. Reaching out and stretching out to somebody else will always cause the life of God to come back into you. But staying at home and hiding And hide away from society and the world, even when you're feeling really vulnerable, which is the easiest thing for all of us to do. Jesus says to you today, arise, stand up, and stretch yourself before me today and see what I'm about to do within your life. And I believe that there's three real simple things that we can all do in the stretch. You want some practical things? Number one, hear. Hear. Have you ever been in a conversation, and uh, and you're in it for about two minutes, and then the person's eyes start glazing over? It's like when preachers preach for too long. You know, they're looking at the audience. Why they Why are they all going to sleep on me today? You know, Um, you see the eyes start glazing over, and uh, and you realise that you're doing too much talking. I want to challenge you this year that in the stretch in terms of rivers of living water flowing through your life, I want you to start hearing more than you talk. Ask some leading questions and be prepared to listen to what people have to share with you. Hear their hearts, hear their story, hear what's going on within your life. And you know what will begin to happen? That person, this is what happens. This happens to me all the time. Thanks, Pastor James. That was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for helping me out. And all I did was listen. (laughs) All I did was listen. You would be amazed how people are willing to open up to you when you're prepared to, number one, hear. The second thing in your stretch that I would like you to attempt this year is to care. Number one, hear. Number two, care. Care. Display some compassion towards others. Be prepared. You know what happens to us? We live in a 21st century, um, really, really busy society. And we're calculating all the time whether we should ever ask that question, that caring question, because we know it's going to take another 10 or 15 minutes of our time. So we calculate it, we, we count the costs, and we left the question unsaid. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's the truth of it. And as I've practiced this over the years, I've heard the most incredible stories. One of my favorite, believe it or not, one of my favorite activities that I've had is actually visiting rest homes. Because you get over a certain age and, and people just count you out in society, you know? I mean, I'm not there yet. I'm, I, I'm not parked up in my rest home yet. No, you're not there yet either, honey. You're a long way away from that. You're only 60. <laughs> when's it her her turn to preach next because I'm going to get it I'll put put my helmet on I'll sit in the front row she'll be right (laughs) and the reason why I do it is that some of these people are so lonely they never have anyone to talk to you ask them one leading caring question and you hear the most amazing stories I was visiting and preaching at a rest home last year and, uh, and one of the uh, residents came up to me after I shared. And you know what I found out? I found out that this guy had been on Operation Pearl, where they delivered one million Bibles in a, uh, as a, in a specifically engineered underwater barge to believers off the coast of China. It was the biggest Bible drop that had happened in the history of the world, where they delivered one million Bibles waterproof, and I heard this incredible story of how this operation went from someone who was present and, and was involved. And you know what happened in that operation? All these believers, underground church believers in China, were led by the Holy Spirit to rendezvous at the point that the barge came on shore. And they distribute a million Bibles throughout China. You know, I got that because I asked a leading question to him and I got time to talk to him. You will be amazing if you have a caring attitude towards people, how much they will invite you into their world and into their lives. So number one, be willing to hear. Number two, be willing to care. And then number three, you can share. Is that cool? You can all remember that, eh? Hear, care, and share. You can be hear, care, and share bears. (laughs) In 2021. That's awesome. See, I'm I'm just being, you know. That person, that's really annoying, but guess what? You'll remember it, and that's all. Over. It's like those wacky advertisements on TV. You think, that was so wacky, but you can't get it out of your head. So you remember it for the rest of the year. Because if you've been willing to hear a person's heart and you've been willing to demonstrate a caring attitude, guess what happens? They open themselves up for you to share. And you know what? You've this. the most powerful asset in your life as a Christian. The most powerful asset in your life as a Christian Is the testimony of what God has done in your life. It's personal. Nobody can argue with your experience on how God changed you. You don't have to know all the hard questions like who made God. You don't have to understand all those things. When you share how God has actually accessed your life and how he's entered your life, then wow, the power of your story has the power to change lives. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony this morning. Praise the Lord. So as I finish this message this morning, it's time to stretch out. God is speaking to us. It's it's time to stand. It's time to rise. Rise up, church. Stand to your feet. Do not accept a withered condition of any kind within your life today. God needs you. God wants you. God wants you to be part of the solution, part of the answer for our community. And he's saying, stand up, rise and stretch. Be willing to be stretched this year. Take yourself out of the comfort zone. Put yourself into a position where God has to come through within your life, where you can begin to see the miracle working hand of God active and at work within you this morning. So perhaps this morning, even as you've been sitting here, you may not have realized that there is a slight withering condition that's within your life. Maybe it's the fact that prayer hasn't been what it could have been. Maybe it's the fact that that Bible's collecting dust on the shelf. Maybe it's the fact that it's been a long time since you actively shared your faith with somebody who needs to hear about your story. And you've realized that the enemy has actually stolen some things from you and you're feeling a little bit withered this morning. We're going to stand to our feet in a minute. And I want to invite anyone that would like prayer this morning to literally make a stand for God in 2021. That when you're standing up out of your seat today, you're standing up, you're coming to the front, and you're saying, God, I'm making a stand for the kingdom of God today. I refuse to stay in any withered up state or condition. I realize today that you're here to move in and through me, those rivers of living water, the river of God flowing through my life. And remember, the river's at its deepest and its most effective where it touches the community. That God strategically, it's always been God's plan. Oh, Pastor James, I've got this great evangelism program. You should bring it into your church. It will just help people so much. Guess what, friends? Evangelism never happens until there's a heart for evangelism. I can teach you all the the, the right answers and the right things to say, but you're never going to activate yourselves in it unless you have a heart to actually want to uh, hear, care, and share with somebody else. So before we stand up, could we just close our eyes just for a moment? And there's always one big question that I have for every person that comes into this place. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask any one of you present to raise your hand. And by raising your hand, you're saying to me, Pastor James, I'm pre-Christian at the moment. I'm curious. I'm inquiring but I feel that God really is on my case and I need to actually cross the line. I believe in God, but I'm not quite sure what it means to be born again. And I want to make that decision today to cross that line and receive Jesus into my life so that I can get on the starting line. If that's you this morning, could you quickly slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. I'm going to pray a public prayer with you. We're all going to pray with you this morning. God bless you. Thank you for that hand. Is there anyone else this morning as we just spend a moment longer just to allow the Holy Spirit to work and say, yeah, I need to cross that line too. It's a journey where you just begin and you start on that journey. It's a journey where you can feel the cleansing power of God washing out all the muck and the junk of your life and giving you a brand new start in your life. No matter what age you are, there's a brand new start for anyone who wants to receive Jesus into your life this morning. Just a moment longer, is there any other hands that need to go up in this place this morning? All right, church, I'd like you to join with me as we pray this prayer to cross that line, to receive Jesus, to begin the journey of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to be a Christian. Could you repeat after me? Dear Father, I thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe he died for my sins, that he was buried And he rose again. And today, Lord, I want to ask you to forgive me from any wrongdoing I've done. I acknowledge I've come short. And I ask you to cleanse me. Wash me and make me clean on the inside. I now invite you, Jesus. Come into my life. I receive you, and I thank you for the gift of eternal life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah! The angels are rejoicing in heaven today in Jesus' mighty name. All right, church, let's stand to our feet. And as we finish this uh, service today, as you stand, if you want to make a stand today. And believe God to touch any withered part of your faith this morning. And I believe that humility is a great weapon that you carry today. So by coming to the front and receiving prayer today, you're acknowledging, Lord, I need you more than ever before, and I want to present myself before you. If that's you, would you quickly come right now out of your seat, come and make a stand for Jesus today and allow the Holy Spirit to do a fresh work within your life. Come on, come out of your seat. Those of you that want to make a stand for Jesus today, any aspect of our life this morning where we're feeling the withering of the powers of darkness, where we're feeling something of God that has uh, wanting to touch us, wanting to move within our lives this morning, and we're going to give him that opportunity right now in the name of Jesus. I want to release the prayer team to come forward. Please, if the prayers can come now. And just get ready, and to draw alongside these ones today, that are making the stand. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray today with tenderness. Prayers, listen to me. I want you to pray with tenderness. I don't want you go shouting in people's ears today. I just want you to pray with tenderness and allow the ministry of God's Spirit to bring healing to any withered situation within the lives of those that have come forward. And if I could just have also just a few. Younger ones, can you just come up uh, the front and just stand behind those that have been prayed for uh, because the Holy Spirit's been moving powerfully. And so if we could just uh, do that, that would be really, really awesome as well. All right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we release your anointing to bring healing, to bring life. We thank you for the river of God that flows from your throne, that flows out of our hearts. Lord, we acknowledge Every withered condition within our heart and life this morning. We repent from it. We ask for your forgiveness. We pray now, Lord, may your healing power. We've stood, we've arisen to our feet, and now, Lord, we stretch out our hand to you and we ask for healing. We ask for the life of God in the name of Jesus as we.